2: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Thursday, January 18th. This is episode number two hundred and thirty-three. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother Jeff. Hey Jeff, how are things going?
0: Hey Rod. Well, you know, we've we've reached that time of the year where the Browns gear begins to make its way back to the bottom of the drawer. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> for some of us,
2: yeah. <laughs> Man, I got stuff for Christmas I barely even worn.
0: I know. Just think about all those people that bought Flacco T-shirts.
2: And jerseys and stuff, yeah.
0: Right, well, yeah. In the last, like, two, three weeks, man, they were selling the crap out of those T-shirts.
2: Don't yeah. Gonna,
0: don't know what they're going to do with them now. <laughs> I don't
2: know. I don't know, you know. I mean, I think this is... I. Th- I think this is a period in Brown's history that people are going to remember, you know, Hope, yeah. maybe not, uh, maybe not what happened Sunday, but just the season, um, the way the team played together and stuff. So right. I think there will be some fondness for the Flacco stuff. So I, yeah. I think that's, you know, I think people still wear that with some pride, you know, even though it wasn't a complete mission accomplished, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, still a lot of positive vibes around all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I guess so. And failing that, you know, there's always, you know, thing, things you need to wear to paint and change the oil.
2: Well, yeah, people can make those <laughs> decisions later. Definitely. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Let's, let's bring our guest in. Uh, this is his first appearance on the Browns Blitz, and it's his first podcast appearance. So, so we're excited about this. Uh, so, so we have Fleazy with us. You can follow him at underscore i fleazy underscore. Hey, Flazy, how's it going?
1: What's up, Jeff? How you doing? All right, doing man. Good. And Rod, I'm sorry, <laughs> Jeff. You're and good. Rod.
2: You're good, man. Doing great. We're happy to have you tonight.
1: Man, thank you. As you were saying that, I was kind of doing a little drum roll inside my head. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it it it's always fun to have somebody on for the first time, Fleazy. So we, we appreciate you taking the time to to uh, to talk to us. We know you love talking brown, so so we've been looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. I'm honored that you guys have me on.
2: It, it's our pleasure, man. So let's uh we, we usually do a uh, a Blitz Beverages segment on this show. Um, If any if any of you guys are drinking anything interesting you want to talk about, I'll let you talk about that now. Because I am not.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Jeff, I, not. I,
2: Fleazy? Fleazy? I, I, Fleazy? Are you drinking anything almost, you want to talk
0: about?
1: No, nah, I'm not drinking anything special. Okay. Either, man, I thought I was going to be drinking, but I left my... uh case the water's in the car so we all know how the weather's been and it's frozen solid so i'm not drinking anything at all
2: yeah you can have some have some of that water on uh what maybe tuesday <laughs> if you yeah. bring it in yeah, man. <laughs>
1: yeah well I, I saw i saw a bubble when i turned it upside down so maybe by monday
2: monday well, that'll work then yeah yeah Jeez. okay so so no interesting beverages so we're going to move on to to the next segment which is uh which is uh where Fleazy we get to hear about your browns journey uh journey as a fan so we do this for everybody who comes on the podcast for the first time so so anything you'd like to share with us about your uh about your life and and history as a browns fan
1: To be actually honest with you, um, I'll go ahead and say, as far as I can remember, I, I was born a Browns fan because my dad was a diehard fan, and like as far I was born in '80, and like some of my first memories of sports are definitely the Browns. Like my first memory that I know was the fumble. Um, I say I was around like five or six years old. Um. I, I remember watching that game with my dad. Um, I remember being heartbroken as, like, a five-year-old, and I remember how upset he was. And um, I typically don't remember, like, things like the drive, but I'm sure I do. But Uh it doesn't stand out as much as the fumble does. And, like, anybody that knows me, like it, like I'm not gonna say it's sad to say, cause in a way it's a good thing to say. But like when I'm going from this earth, and you ask anybody about me, that's one thing they're gonna say. They're gonna say, "Oh, Fleazy loved them Cleveland Browns," <laughs> you know. So like, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've been through it all with the Browns since 1980. So I mean that's. That's just the journey right there all in one. Um, and you stuck it out. Move. Yeah, yeah. I stuck it out. I never jumped ship, never thought about it. I always <laughs> believed. Even was... if I was 16, I thought we were going to win all 16 of them games. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, some some people are just born into a flea, and, and uh, there's just you know, you wear it with pride, and and it's just a part of you. And you fall into that category, yeah, so so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So guys, let's. uh One of
1: my personal games and things. Are... Go
2: Go ahead, please. Sorry about that.
1: No, I was just going to say, like going to games and things. Um, um, that's just come around. Like recently, within like the last five or six seasons, that's nothing I've been doing my whole life, though. But yeah, I say about eighty percent of those games have been watched from the couch.
0: hmm
1: But yeah,
2: though, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I I was going to say let's uh, let's get this out of the way, guys. Let's uh, let's talk. Yeah um, just, just briefly about this game Sunday. Um, the Browns, the Browns played the Texans in Houston, um, or Saturday. I'm sorry, guys. Um, you guys know, I wasn't feeling well. So those days (laughs) are all just kind of, um, yeah, a blur to me at this point. So, so yeah, anyhow. Um, yeah. So I ended up losing 45 to 14. Um, pretty, pretty ugly game. Um, you know, Browns, um, I guess, you know, you could say they didn't show up, uh, didn't play well. Defense defense looked horrible. I don't really want to just, you know, go through this game and, you know, spend a whole ton of time on it because we all know what it was. Hey, I guess my question for you guys is, is, is there a benefit to to being in a playoff game like this? You know, are the Browns better for having played in this playoff game, you know, even though they got their their butts handed to them? Mm. You know, is this st- does this still count as, you know, experience that you want your team to have? I mean, what yeah, do you think, of, Jeff?
0: Maybe maybe in a touch the stove kind of way, um, you know, you learn what not to do. Um, you learn, you know, not to just take anything for granted that, you know, that next week is is guaranteed to you. Um, you know, that, that, that being on a roll will last, um, you know, that you can flip it off and back on again. Um, I mean, yeah, there's so many lessons there in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, what, what you can take away from it, but you know, that's, that's a really expensive lesson, um, you know, playing for, you know, playing 17 games plus, plus preseason. Right. Um, and, and. To, to just really get smacked around the field um, because you, you know, as a, as a team, as an organization, as a coaching staff, as individual players um, really just looked uh, unprepared for the moment. Um, and, and, you know, any, anybody can have a bad day, um, but mm-hmm. for basically an entire team to have a bad day um, is quite an accomplishment. So, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what you can take from it, Rod, other than the fact that, you know, um, you have to go back to work. You have to buckle up your chin, chin strap and own it and say, yeah, we got, we got our clock clocks clean today and none of us were, were prepared for it. Um, and, you know, hopefully next year we take that lesson and say, we're not going to let that happen to us again.
2: So Fleazy, who, who is this, who is the uh, performance on? Was that, is that on the coaches for not having the guys ready? Is it is it partially because they rested so many guys against the Bengals? Um, did they overlook the Texans? What do you think?
1: I think it was a little bit of all three. Yeah. I think um, I think they were out-coached. I think the Texans coaching staff was uh, way more prepared than the Browns. Um, I think, like you said, I think they – rested too many people against the Bengals. Like I'm not really mm-hmm. familiar with the resting players thing. Like that's kind of unfamiliar territory to the yeah. Browns yeah. here later. It
0: is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, so but I I don't think they did that sure. right. You know, like of course like Flacco and like Miles and anybody else who was dealing with some Knicks but like they rested everybody. Uh-huh. I mean, they were pulling everybody up from the practice squad. And then also I think that they were looking back like, hey, we just we just smashed them three weeks ago, you know. So I think it was a little bit of all three, but, like, they did not show up at all. Um, offense started out pretty hot. But huh. – um, I think the Texans made adjustments real quick. Like I said, the coaches were more prepared than the Brown staff. They made adjustments. And next thing you know, we got ugly out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. The the, the ability to game plan um, for an opponent that you had just faced a few weeks earlier um, completely eluded us. Um, yeah. You know, we, yeah. we went out basically with, you know, Trying to do what we always do uh, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, they were ready for the, it. The Texans were, were, were fully prepared to, to take advantage of, of our weaknesses and exploit them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the bigger picture here is that, you know, any sports, uh, any team, any sport, any playoff period is about peaking at the right time. And, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about let's play our best football in December and, and into January. And I think the Browns played some of their best football in December. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we peaked, you know, on on Thursday night against the Jets. And that was, you know, that was our best football at that point. Um, and then we just basically never regrouped after that. So maybe we just peaked a little bit too soon and didn't know how to carry that into the playoffs. Um, So, yeah, you have to, you have to own that uh, as a coaching staff. And, you know, I think that's reflected in some of the moves we saw today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's a tough spot to be in, um, you know, where they were to have a meaningless game like that. Um, You know, and I'm not making excuses for, for the coaching staff, but, you know, they really were in a tough spot because you you play some of these guys and they get hurt and then you look right. stupid.
0: Right. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, that was a no win.
2: Yeah. It was just, yeah.
0: And no I, I was fully on board with resting guys against the Bengals. I, I think, you know, Yeah. I agree. It, it made sense for based on everything that this football team has been through this year to just try to get guys healthy for the playoffs. Um, I don't know what happened between the Jets game and you know this this Texans game to the the psyche of the players, but um, man, they just they they were not they were not prepared for that game at all. They did the <laughs> you and I were texting back and forth, Rod, about you know, geez, they picked the hell of the time to, to to take the day off, and that's really kind of what it looked like.
2: It did. It did look like that. So
0: so yeah so that led to uh or
2: or did it um lead to the firing of of a few coaches Um, alex van pelt uh, Stump mitchell tc mccartney um do you guys feel like the firing of these guys is because the browns got blown out in that first playoff game or do you feel it was due to the way the offense, or certain aspects of the offense, played throughout the season. What do you think, Fleazy?
1: I'm kind of think it was um, how the offense was throughout the season uh, before Flacco came along. Mm. Like offense, offense was very inconsistent first two thirds of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say like. Defense won, like, a lot of those games. Yeah. um, Yeah. But on another note, I heard Deshaun speak very highly of A V D, so you never know. I I feel like it was something that was coming all along anyway. And um, I can't say I disagree with any of it, actually. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not sure. Um, you kind of feel like like A.V.P. You really don't know what his entire role was, so you don't <laughs> know. Yeah, so you don't know what <laughs> yeah. he's taking the fall yeah. for.
0: I, I don't know what he did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, he obviously this was Kevin Stefanski's offense, right? So, um, yeah. What what did Alex Van Pelt actually do? um in terms of preparation um for game day okay who who was sitting there looking at the film saying here's how we can exploit the houston texans on, on both sides of the ball right um yeah. and you know maybe maybe there's a lot that needs to go on behind the scenes that we don't know about and and you know we're i don't mean to to slight alex van pelton in any way okay but the fact that no. I really don't know how he contributed to the offense um, makes it hard for me to sit here and say, geez, you know, we should have hung on to him because, you know, he was a great voice in the locker room or, or helped the quarterbacks or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he obviously didn't work with these guys on, you know, ball security. Uh, you know, he <laughs> and, and the other two right. guys weren't, weren't out there telling the guys to take care of the damn football because we led the, we led the league in turnovers.
2: Well, yeah, somebody, and, somebody should have taken the fall for that.
0: Well, yeah, that alone to to me was was reason to to replace some people. Okay, so hopefully whoever they go out and find um, will, will bring a culture of valuing the football. And you know, like we were talking a few weeks ago, right? Maybe we make them carry footballs around with them. Um, you know, with with diapers and 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 pacifiers. You know. Pacifiers and, you know. So they learned to take care of the damn football.
2: Okay, carry this around for a week. Don't set it down. Right, right,
0: yeah. So, um, I mean, if if we're gonna blame somebody for something, I mean, somebody needed to be blamed for that. That that to me, you know, that's the thing about this Houston game. I mean, we were in this game. People don't remember that we led this game twice. Okay, and then through the midway through the second quarter. OK, um, we were we were leading then you know, then like 18 seconds later, Houston scored again. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so you can talk about our offense. OK, but and, and you know, throwing the ball away and give, gifting 14 points yet again. OK, that was really just a nail in the coffin. OK, the 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 game was lost because our defense got owned, got completely schooled by a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed that's to be a, the strength of our team. Okay. So yeah, the, I think the changes on offense were probably needed just because of the length of time that everybody's been together. And it was probably time for a fresh voice in the room as far as the offense goes, but to blame this Houston loss on, on those guys. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't, I, no, I think that's not think so. no, I, that's a little convenient. Um, they, they, they weren't the ones that, that, you know, th- threw two interceptions and, and couldn't tackle anybody.
2: Yeah. I, I can see the AVP, um, you know, just because of what we're talking about the stump Mitchell. Um, you know, I, I, I think he did. I think he did pretty well with the, with the guys he had, but he's been around a while. I can see it wanting a fresh voice. Right. Um, TC McCartney. I mean, David and Joku was made to freaking uh, Pro Bowl this year. You know, he's right. probably thinking, "What, what the hell do I have to do around here?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so so yeah. you know that one kind of leaves me scratching my head. But I, I think you're right. I think it's about getting some fresh voices. You know, maybe some some people that maybe look at things a little differently, and maybe they want the, um, you know, and Joku and and the other maybe. Uh, the other tight ends to be even more impactful. So maybe they are looking for that, but, but yeah, I mean, you you just wonder about the next offensive coordinator and what kind of impact they'll have, or if they'll have another AVP type role.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that sort of limits who you can hire, right? I mean, if, if you're not going to let the guy call plays, um, that that's a a much smaller uh, talent pool that you're going to be interviewing.
2: Yeah, Fleazy, where do you stand on the play calling? Because there, I think there are people out there who who are so obsessed with the Stefanski play calling thing that and, uh, they would hire Condoleezza Rice and, and no no offense <laughs> <a play> <laughs> no offense no offense to her I know she knows some football they would hire her as offensive coordinator if 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 they could take the play calling away from Kevin Stefanski.
1: <laughs> Um um I'm, I'm okay with the fancy calling the plays. Um but I can't see many offensive coordinators wanting to take the job if they can't call plays.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: That's true. Like, I just don't understand it. I think he does a um a pretty decent job. Um it's been sometimes I'll be like, What are you doing? But you know, I mean but I yeah. think he does. A, I mean, he always game guys open, and I don't think he's ever going to give that up. Like, as long as he's a head coach, he's going to be calling plays. I mean, if he's the head coach for the Cleveland Browns 20 years down the road, he's going to be calling plays. I think that's just him. Um, I think you're to, right. Be that kind that's, of coach. Um,
2: it, it, it'll be interesting because um, Mary Kay Cabot seemed to – think that there was some leeway there i don't know if she knows any better than anybody else though um it might make a difference as to who's interested in that oc job what kind of talent is available out there um you know maybe if somebody with the right talent um that they want to bring in you know is available and interested maybe that maybe maybe he'll consider uh, turn the play calling over I'm not worried about the play calling. I, for me, it's more about having talented people on the staff, you know, Uh, player
0: utilization, right? It's, it's about, you know, what are we getting out of these guys? And, And Kevin Stefanski generally gets a lot out of his players. He gets a lot out of his quarterbacks, no matter who they are. Um, you know, just, it seems though that, that, that this year through all of the, fits and starts with different types of offenses that we never really found a groove. You know, it was just, you know, okay, well, we'll, what are we going to try this week? You know, and, um, running the ball never worked. We just, we never got a running game together this year. Um, so it's a little hard to be that one dimensional, you know, and, and we won 11 games by being that one dimensional, but, you yeah. saw what happened, you know, when you get to the playoffs, it's about the best versus the best. And, and, you know, we were woefully outmanned at that point.
2: And, you know, guys, I was talking about this with somebody, um, you know, Stunt, Stunt Mitchell's taking the fall for the running game. Um, there were a ton of injuries on the offensive line
0: Yeah.
2: this year too. Um, you know, not to, not to mention that you're, that your all pro running back is out, um, Yeah. You know, so, um, so you got backup running backs running behind backup offensive line for the most part. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to ask if it's fair because, I mean, it's football, you know, it's life. It's just how it is. But, um, do, do you think that, um, how, how, let me, let me put it this way how much of the running game? or the lack of the running game was on the backs and how much you think was on the was on the erosion of the offensive line this year with different <laughs> guys being in. Because some guys played well. Yeah. But, man, we had well, how many tackles
0: played this year, six or seven? Yeah. Something yeah. crazy.
1: Someone yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, again, I, I think it's some of each, Rod. Um, I think, you know, the offensive line underperformed. Um, the, the scheme wasn't always there to run the ball successfully because we just fell in love with throwing the ball a lot of times. Um, and I think, you know, the young backs were probably not prepared for the roles that they were asked to, to carry. Um, you know, Jerome Ford came into this season with what, eight carries last year or something. So it was, uh,
2: yeah, less than um, 10, I think.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, to, to expect him to, to carry the load for us this year, um, you know, that that was putting a pretty big burden on his shoulders. And I think he early on, you know, was was just trying a little bit too hard, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and just running from coast to coast rather than just getting positive yardage. And I think he improved as the season went on. So that, you know, that's probably a feather stuff in Stubbin Mitchell's cap that, you know, he was able to to help him I guess become more of a consistent back, but, yeah. um, yeah. but yeah, you're right with, with all the injuries on the line and, and just overall poor performance, um, there just weren't a lot of places to run the ball. And, you know, we're, we're an organization that that's, that's kind of been our calling card forever. And to see us not be able to get more than a yard on first down, um, well, boy, it's been a long time since I had, I've seen that.
2: So, um, so Fleazy, you were saying earlier you thought the season was, um, what did you, I can't remember how you phrased it. Did you say it was successful or somewhat successful?
1: It was somewhat of a success. Let me ask you a question on a scale from 1 to 10, with 10 being the best, of course, what would you rate this season?
2: Well, I, I think if you're rating a season like that, you're probably taking postseason into account, um, right?
1: Yeah, so in, in, including the, the the Texans wild card game. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, it, it's probably hard to, to give it any more than you know a seven at most. So you mm-hmm. probably got to go somewhere between a six and a seven. Yeah. You know, I I would rate, if I'm just rating the regular season, I would rate it a lot higher than that. But if I'm just rating the actual season, I don't know how you can go much above, uh, you know, a six or a seven, probably.
1: I agree. Yeah, I'm definitely giving it a six myself. Um, But it's a lot to build on, um, a lot of guys to keep around. I I definitely think JOK's got to be extended as soon as possible. Um, I think Grant Delph is going to um, evolve into an elite safety. Um, and it's just a whole lot of pieces I think that's going to stay together. So I think it's a lot to build on from this season. But by the way that season ended, that was awful. The regular season, like you said, it will be a lot higher than that. I would give the regular season itself like an eight. Because by beating mm-hmm. San Francisco yeah. and beating Baltimore on the road, that's huge. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, th-
2: I think I'd agree with you. I'd give it. I'd probably give it an eight. Also, uh, just yep. a lot of excitement. Just seeing the team play, you know, team football, and just just playing like they care about each other. Yep. And just seeing the team buy in week after week. Uh, it was just an incredibly fun enjoyable team to follow during a regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you, but yeah, yeah guys, I get, I've got a, a list here, of some stuff. I thought, I thought we'd just take the rest of our time and talking about, um, you know, uh, the 23 season and, and what the Browns and what we as fans can take from that season. I mean, um, I think it was uh at least a successful season um, I think Jeff, you probably would agree with that. I mean eleven and six um that's yeah. i think as as probably as high as any of us um guessed before the season, you know at best yes. yeah um it, we'll we'll have time to go back and check that out at some point later, <laughs> but um I mean there's just a lot of stuff that happened this season, I mean. Um, Brown's playing five starting quarterbacks, four of them getting wins. Um, mm-hmm. Brown's finding not only a, a kicker. Um, well, I can't say they found a punter because uh, this is the second season with us, but um, having, having a kicker and a punter um, that they can rely on at the same time, it just felt, um it's just like not having to worry about the kicking game. Guys, it's just so different <laughs> from what we've dealt with for such a long time. Um and, and the the defense um at home, I will say um was so incredible. Um I just let's talk about that for a minute, guys. I want to get your thoughts on that because as good as it was at home, the defense was not great on the road a lot of times. Right. So what are your thoughts there? Um, What are your thoughts about Jim Schwartz? I'm not asking whether you want him back or anything like that. I'm asking what are your thoughts about the defense and why it's so much different um, what can be done about you know you know can that be fixed? Um, Schwartz getting too much credit. Um, you know what's going on there with the defense. We, we,
0: what do you guys think? What
1: do you got,
0: Jeff? <laughs> it's hard. You know it's, it's hard. Um, the the defense made some tremendous strides this year in terms of getting the best performances out of the star players, which is really what what was advertised, you know, when, when Jim Schwartz was hired that, you know, you were going to see Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and JOK was kind of the surprise there. Um, but you know, that the, yeah. the, the best players were going to, have opportunities to make plays. And I think we saw that this year. I think we saw some cohesiveness with the secondary. Um, We saw guys, you know, having fun and and having each other's backs, as you said, Rod. Um, I think it's hard in, in, in one season to fully figure out a defense. I don't think you have all the right personnel necessarily. You know, even though Andrew Barry did a great job of going out and, and bringing in the right pieces or a lot of pieces, it still takes time for a defense to, to really, you know, plug all the holes, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's kind of what we saw in some of those games was, was teams figured out how to exploit the weaknesses that we still have. Um, Yeah. So, you know, all in all, I feel good about our defense going forward. I think, you know, we've, we've got great building blocks, like Fleazy said that, um, you know, carry over, um, but I'm I'm also excited about what we can add to it, and and how we can grow the ability to plug some of those gaps. You know, um, do a better job against you know inside runs, um, play more man coverage. Um, you know, do do better in in covering slot receivers. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in the offseason personnel-wise about how some of those things are going to be addressed. Yeah. Um, but but all in all, I think I feel good about our, our defense going forward and our ability to, you know, at times be dominant, but um, in, in general, a defense that should keep us in most games. You know, I mean, we we won six games this year by four points or less, which is something that's hard to To figure out how to do you know we the last Mm -hmm. several years we we talked about losing those close games you know so this year we we kind of got over that hurdle where we you know the defense got us into position at the end of the game we had some game-winning drives on offense the defense you know got us the stops when when we needed it to um so those are all big things in terms of changing a culture of a team um so i i count all those as as wins this season and and things that we can build on going into next year.
2: Yeah, Fleazy, did you want to add anything about the defense?
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. So, um The thing I was impressed with about the defense is like, the, uh, of course, the secondary, like Jeff was saying, and and the depth on the front. You know that I, I really enjoy having like four four guys on the interior, and also. Four guys on the edge that could play any down. Mm -hmm. I think a thing that hurt the defense a lot that a lot of people don't understand. um, Well, it's it's my opinion, but I know he's not the greatest player, but a lot of those games on the road, Anthony Walker wasn't out there. And he wears the green dot. And like, he's not the best player on the field, but like, he's a leader and he's a Uh very smart player. And I think that, like, things that happen pre-snap are just as important, if not as important, as the actual play itself. So if you don't have the guy that's been doing all the communicating and getting guys lined up and, you know, making the calls, if you don't have the guy that's doing that, um, if you don't have anybody that can replace him, that could hurt you. And I think that also has something to do with the Texans game as well, that's was not having a, him out there.
0: Yeah, I think I that's a great point. Does, Definitely. I
1: don't know who does it when he's not um, out there. Do you guys know? No, I
0: don't.
2: I don't, um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if J.O.K. did it or, or Tony Fields or which guy took it, honestly. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't know, yeah. but there's a reason that Anthony Walker normally does it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's those reasons that Fleazy was talking about.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so, yeah, great, great point. Great point. I, um, think,
1: I think that hurt the defense at times, but there's mm-hmm. a lot to build on there. Um Especially keeping those guys up front together, man. That looks like a tight-knit group. And they yeah. had great chemistry together. So, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say about the defense. Okay,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, there, um, there were several guys, and, and I'm kind of building on the list that Fleasy started here. Several guys had, that had just great seasons this year. Um. Probably best seasons of their career so far. And that's, uh, I mean, Amari Cooper had the most yardage, most receiving yards of his career this year. Um, And Joku, his first Pro Bowl season, Um, Grant Delpit, uh, M.J. Emerson, J.O.K., um, and uh, let's see, Um, shouldn't forget Dustin Hopkins either. Right, Dustin Hopkins. um, I mean, shoot, uh, uh, the Horquez is probably almost there too. You know, Mm -hmm. um, for what he did. I I think there's
0: another tier of guys too, Rod. That you know don't jump off the page as much, but like you know, Ethan Posick had had you know a good good year, good enough year to get signed and and brought back, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think this year. You know, he took it to another level, uh, even though he missed some time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jordan Elliott's another one, the guy who we had pretty much written off in the past. That, you know, when yeah, you, surround pretty, him, pretty well. you surround him with some talent um, and, and you know, scheme him, I think he definitely elevated his game this year. Um, and yeah. there's probably three or four others, I think, in, in that category. I think, you know, we've got to give uh, Jerome Ford a lot of credit again you know, um, for, for stepping in. Um, so yeah, the, 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 whole next man mentality, um, this year was really something to be proud of as an organization.
2: Yeah. And, and that's not even bringing up the rookies. Um, DeJuan right. Jones, uh, before he got hurt, um, yeah. you know, is is the biggest, well, I say biggest, I didn't even mean to say it that way. Uh, <laughs> biggest example. He's literally a big man. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but man, he, he was, he was incredible. Um, you know, he, he quite a find in the draft. Um, but, but the rookie stepped up, you know, Dewan Jones, uh, DTR stepped up at times, uh, Ronnie Harrison, um, some other guys I'm not thinking of right now.
0: Yeah.
2: But, uh, but yeah, um,
0: Rodney McLeod, I thought was a tremendous signing. Um, it, we we missed him late in the season.
1: We definitely yeah. did. Yeah. I agree.
2: Yeah, I agree,
1: but I think DeAnthony Bell and uh, I think he played well in their absence, though. Yeah, the the UDFA yeah.
0: um, safeties really stepped up. I mean, they they obviously got beat a little bit in that in that Houston, last Houston game, but. Um, I thought they played extremely well, um, as, as next man up.
1: Yeah. They definitely did. So
0: yeah, we, we, we saw some, some players really, I think have, have, you know, very solid seasons, uh, up and down the roster. Um, like you said, right. To, to overcome all that adversity and win 11 games, it's, it's hard to criticize, um, you know, anybody in the organization. I just no, think we we just we just peaked at the wrong time.
1: Not to cut you off, but did we mention Alex Wright? Because he had a decent season as well. I
0: I would put him in that same category, Fleazy, with, with, you know, we were talking
1: about uh, yeah, Jordan Elliott. Yep, yeah. yep, for sure. Yep. And definitely, I definitely got to say shout out to Jordan Elliott because I usually try to keep it positive about mm-hmm. all Browns players. But year before last, I had a lot of bad things to say about Jordan
0: Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> he, you weren't the only one, Fleazy. <laughs> he, he
1: really, he really really proved me wrong. And I want to say, Jordan Elliott, if you're listening, I'm proud of you, brother. <laughs> I might even have to buy you a jersey. You made me proud. Of
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- yeah, th- those guys all played well. Um mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing when you got a, a great rotation going out there. How you see guys like that step up. Uh, very cool. The, uh, I mean, the injuries, um, guys, I was looking at part of the list, um, you know, and I think the first guy to go down before the season even started was Jacob Phillips. Uh, Jakeem Grant went down. What in the first preseason game. Um yeah. all the way up to Joel Batonio and a couple other guys in the playoff game. Um it just it never stopped. Um right. But the team never stopped. They just kept playing. So I, I guess the question there is, can the Browns do anything about the injuries? Um, you know, there's there's always thoughts about the training staff and all this other stuff. Where do you guys stand on that? Do you guys think that you can have your players ready, or do you think these injuries are just kind of hard luck sometimes for some teams or, or what?
0: I don't know, man. We had we had them all over the board, Rod. We had all, all different kinds of injuries, non-contact injuries. We had violent contact injuries. Um, I mean, geez, it it just seemed like a perfect storm this year, you know, where um, – yeah. It, it all just caught up to us. And, and you, you hope that that just, I guess, evens out over time and, you know, we don't get hit as hard in the future. Um, I'm not sure that there's any way that, you know, any of these can be prevented. It's just kind of part of the game. Um, and that's why you need to have 53 guys who can play on your team, you know. Uh, but we, we did get hit especially hard this year, particularly with skill players, with, you know, our, our best players, um, you know not many teams can lose their starting quarterback their franchise their franchise quarterback their franchise running back and two tackles two starting tackles <laughs> and 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 be able to even go out compete most most teams would have mailed it in for the season and probably ended up with you know four or five wins and we ended up with 11
2: right right where do you uh, think about go ahead please i'm sorry
1: I think it's just hard luck, man. I don't, I don't think it's anything you really could, could do to prevent injuries. I think it just happens. Um, but I think that's a great job by AB by building a roster that, if these injuries do happen, you have players that can step up and get the job done still. Because um, it seems like people in the past would rather have. Well I'm just gonna say is John Dorsey was trying to build a roster filled with superstars and it was always top heavy. We have like three big names on the three big names in the position group and a whole bunch of just whoever behind them. I think A B has built a roster where you got eight or nine guys who can get the job done. So if these injuries yeah. do happen, there's no fall off. And um, it just happens, man. Twenty six percent of your roster on IR is crazy. I don't <laughs> yeah. Know. yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever even been heard of, and still win eleven games. That's huge, man.
0: Think, think about this, Rod. We 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 lost our our star running back, so we're we're playing basically a bunch of unproven guys or or, or free agents. Um you know in in the running back room we traded our number 2 wide receiver okay so now we've got a bunch of you know young inexperienced um receivers other than Amari Cooper um and our quarterback room we finished the season with two street free agents and a practice squad quarterback and we went 4 and 1 in the last 5 games
2: <laughs> uh, what can you say amazing just an amazing job by the by the team um Mm -hmm. you know you don't you don't do that without culture and belief and and just um playing for each other right you you don't do that
0: that's Um, what you hope carries over
2: yeah absolutely definitely so uh so yeah you know what guys i i think that's a good place to uh to kind of get ready to put a wrap on this one, so 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 let's get some let's get some closing thoughts. So Fleazy, it's been great talking to you. Um, you you've been excellent in your first podcast appearance. So
0: yeah, yeah, good job.
2: Yeah, anybody who's not following you can can find you at uh, underscore i fleazy underscore on Twitter. Give you a follow. And uh, I want to give you a chance to to leave everybody with any any closing thoughts or, or words of wisdom or anything you want to say about the Browns.
1: I want to first. Of all, I want to thank you guys for having me. Um, it's been an honor. Um, I just want to say, go Browns! <laughs> Sounds, Sounds good.
2: Yeah. Great having you on, Flazy. Um, Jeff, closing thoughts tonight.
0: This is just on on the NFL in general. Um, you know the 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 league plays twenty one weeks of football games, preseason and regular season combined, to figure out who are the best teams in the league, um, and to have them go head to head in the playoffs. And for four games last weekend to be as lopsided as they were, they're terrible. Is an embarrassment for the NFL. Um Pete Pete Rosell is is spinning in his grave somewhere right now. Um Wondering where the parity is. Uh, I, I guess I would feel an awful lot worse about what happened in Houston if the same exact thing hadn't happened to the Dolphins and, and two other teams um, last yeah. weekend. In, and yeah. in what were some of the most putrid football games, playoff games that the NFL has, has hoisted on us in my recent memory? Um, Man, they get, they got to do better. They got to figure out how to make these games competitive and interesting and fun to watch because last weekend sucked. Even though I'm a Browns fan and then, you know my team lost, every single game was a dog. And man, NFL, you got you got to figure out how to fix that.
2: I got to agree. <laughs> what can I say? It it was awful football. So um, our team's out, so I don't really care that much. But let, let's hope we at least have some better games coming up. So,
1: Amen. Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree with
2: you.
1: <laughs> so I, uh,
2: this has been the Browns Blitz.
1: I'll we, be honest. I, I'll be honest. I'm probably not even going to watch anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm just rooting. I'm just rooting for Baltimore to get put out once they get. Put out i'll be happy i'll be done with it
2: then you're done yeah i understand yeah, probably i'll be, be doing the same thing so yeah. this has been the brown's blitz we thank you for listening and we will catch you next time